Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the IFL TV podcast in association with Lonsdale MTK Global, sponsored by William Hill. This is Coogan Cassius for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. First time in Morecambe, first time I've ever come here, so first of all, thank you for your hospitality over the last couple of days. More than welcome, Coog, anytime. Yeah, absolutely, and the first time I've been in your, uh, as you would put, humble home. Humble home, like a real, real life home where normal people live, and probably not where you expected coming to Morecambe before. I was living in some big castle or something, probably. And I just live in a normal house in a normal location where surrounded by normal people. I can see why, being here a couple of days, why you're here because you do get stopped, but you pretty much do get left alone to a certain degree. Exactly, because yeah. I've been here now 12 years and people have seen me. Weekends and things are difficult because on a sunny day, people travel to the seaside. So all them newbies, they want to get pictures and, and stuff like that. So that can be challenging, but you know, it's fine. On a normal day-to-day basis, I've got normal routine and it's just, uh, quiet and out the way and if I want to go to Liverpool or Manchester it's an hour away if I want to go to the Lake District it's 30 minutes away so yeah pretty neutral if I want to go to London two and a half hours on the train direct into Euston quiet I can deal with it here I'm a northerner so I, I, did, stay north. I did used to think like what the fuck is he up there for like why is he all the way up in Morecambe but then being here and obviously it just makes sense for you to kind of be away from kind of a London, a Manchester, etc. Yeah, you know, I've never really been a city boy. I grew up in a little village in uh, just outside Manchester in Cheshire called Style Village. Not not a big happening place, only small, small school, small little village. And then I was there until I got married and I moved to Lancaster here in 2008, which has been another small like, little town place, more like a university town, Lancaster. And then I ended up moving to Morecambe to the front, and that's quite... You know, all seaside towns are quite dead in our days, but it, they are making a comeback, I'd say, because of, especially with COVID now, people are scared to go on holiday abroad, so they're using UK uh, resorts again. Quite busy, so yeah, not too shabby. Let's um, start with talking about last night. So just so people that don't know what happened last night here in Morecambe, there was a, a TLM, Travellers Lives Matter, yeah. rally, protest, peaceful protest yeah. that, that happened here last night, which I had no idea about until you told me and I got you. Well, I didn't have any idea about it until yesterday afternoon, yesterday evening when the guy came down, dropped a couple of T-shirts off and whatever, and 
obviously it was the locals so we turned up you know it's not just like i say i'm i'm one of them all lives matter it's not just traveler lives matter or black lives matter or asian lives matter or chinese lives matter every life is important every life matters um but it seems to be every other ethnic group every other race of people are, are standing up and being counted for so i think the travelers need to do the same as well and, and last night was a show of that um 2020 you you probably know about this as well as i do but like they're still refusing travelers to go in pubs bars restaurants because they're travelers mm. and it's like how do you know do they have a sign on them saying i'm a traveler or how do you identify a traveler Anyone can be a traveller from anywhere, so is it just up to the discretion of the the owners of the place? Or if you're a traveller, you're not coming in, and if you're not, we're going to say you're not because they don't like the look of you. So whatever, I'm not too sure, but either way, it's um, unfair to be discriminated against as a as a race of people, as an ethnic group, rather than the individual. I believe if if I go in a place and I'm acting rude or out of order, then I should be barred me as an individual not like you can't ban a full entire race of people um and for all the people who were saying nasty comments on twitter last night saying oh they're not a race when did pikeys become a race and all that i think that just fuels the um the movement even more because under the 1976 act of human rights they was uh, recognized as a race of people so yeah um then so yeah, it's a, it just goes to show that people are still tolerant to, to racism towards travellers when they wouldn't be racist towards blacks or, or Asians or, or any other race of people on earth. It seems to be almost accepted in this country and abroad and America. I've seen it in America as well. I've seen it all over the world. And um, it's bang out of order. 2020, human rights. Say no to racism of all forms. It doesn't matter what colour you are, where you're from. We're all people. We're all a part of the human race. So yeah. I stand up and say no to racism because I've travelled the world a lot. I've seen a lot, a lot of different people, backgrounds and different races of people and different cultures as well. Um, you just learn to accept all cultures and races, all live together in harmony. The video you put out on your Instagram, which went viral, had like 1.2 million hits yeah. of uh, an establishment here. There was a doorman here who was kind of just acting on behalf, I don't know, of the brewery or the council. Yeah. But the the guy that was asking him questions raised some valid points about, you know, if someone came in here and they were black and something happened, does that mean that all black people are barred? Which is a valid question. Exactly, but it wouldn't. But because it's travellers, it's almost accepted. Like, yeah, we can do that. Because travellers never stand up for themselves. I don't mean in a straightener or in a fight, because they always do. They won't be pushed around by anybody. They stand up, they man up, and they go down, throw down with anybody. But, like, when it comes to anything political or legal or anything like that, it's almost like they just get hated upon, get discriminated against, get trodden on, and they don't say anything. Because it's like, oh, well, it's just how it always is. But now it's not. It's time for a change. And that change is today. 2020 is a year of change for every different culture on the planet. And 2020 just keeps giving and giving and giving. And we're going to see a lot of change. It was refreshing to see the uh, the BLM and the black people standing up to be to be respected and counted. And, you know, everyone sticking together. And I think 2020 has been that year for every race of people to stand up and be counted. And that's where we are now with the travellers. And this isn't the first time that this has happened where 
they're not allowed to go in pub bars restaurants and dealerships and stuff there's there's loads of there was three or four different places in this little Morecambe town where they said oh you're not allowed in because you're a traveller there was an incident in the William Mitchell pub about a couple of years ago that they had a, there was a bit of a free-for-all in there some guys had a fight and whatever and then the landlord said because they were travellers who had this fight then no travellers can come in the pub again and it was almost like well nothing's being done about it that's okay just avoid that pub but that shouldn't be allowed and then the Toyota garage here in Lancaster on the White Lund Industrial Estate. Uh, a friend of mine, actually, a respected uh, businessman of this town, um, he went in to buy a vehicle with his brother, both respected businessmen in the town, and they said, oh, we won't sell to travellers. And the guys were actually horrified that they're, they're from the town, born and raised here, they've got businesses here, Everything evolves around this town, but they can't go into their local dealerships and buy cars out of Toyota because they were travellers. That is shockingly disgraceful. What if you went in there? And no, they... this is the same. I went into that William Mitchell and they said, oh, no, don't serve travellers. I said, well, I'm not just any traveller, I'm a heavyweight champion of the world. And they said, well, you are a traveller, aren't you? So I was like, right, no bother, cheers. So, yeah, so it's... And there was a place up the town here as well. Um, a bar a few years ago. Uh, just after I beat Klitschko, actually. Um, and he said, uh, no travellers allowed. I was like, I'm a heavyweight champion of the world. They're like, yeah, but no travellers allowed. And there was... Um, I said, I'm going to record this. Do what you want. He said, no travellers allowed. But I didn't record it. At that time, I didn't want to stir any trouble or anything. But, you know, now now is the time to do it. Now is the time to out all these motherfuckers. I, me and Ty Mitchell and about 10 of us were in Manchester celebrating after a beat Klitschko. And we goes to this bar and he's, he's dormant. said, oh, can we get a picture? Can we get a picture? I said, I said, yeah, we'll get one in a minute. Let's get a drink in first and then I'll get a picture of you. And he said, oh, no, you can't come in. I said, what? He said, you can't come in. Because there's no travellers allowed. I said, what? You don't want to know what I said. Because I'm not going to say it on camera. But they wanted a picture anyway. They wanted a picture with me, yeah. <laughs> but didn't want to let me go in their place because there was no travellers allowed. And then, well, on that day we were with Asians, travellers, blacks, everything. And there was no travellers allowed. So, yeah. Cheers, guys. So, so this is a tolerated thing. You go on Instagram, Twitter, read the messages. Well, I do. I have seen. What does it say? Hmm. It seems to be like it's okay, isn't it? These people, even like respected businesses and things like that, they openly say this because they think nothing's going to come out, nothing's going to happen. But you, all you racists out there, you're going to be uncovered and you're going to be made an example of. Bitches. Is it worse, though, if you said to them, look, I'm, or they know you're Tyson Fury, but they let you in because of that reason. Exactly, yes it is, because obviously they want somebody in their bar, someone who's going to bring uh, fame and people notoriety mm. to their pub or bar or restaurant, whatever it is. They, they would let me in, but they wouldn't let some random person, a 70-year-old guy, because he's a traveller, 70-year-old. It's a joke. And then the guy, I don't blame the doorman, because he's just there doing his job. He was just a normal person. He's got a job there on the door, security. Tough job, to be honest with you. It's a difficult job being a doorman, security doorman. He was acting on instruction from the brewery and the local authority. 
but the local authority have denied it categorically, mm. Lancaster, and the brewery have denied it as well. So was this doorman making this up himself? I don't think so. I think it goes deeper than that. Um, and you're probably quaking in your boots right now, all these Marsdens and whoever else. But, you know, it's, it's time that a change has to happen. You can't ban an entire race of people for the actions of some individuals. There's good and bad in every walk of life. We know this. We've seen good and bad in every walk of life. You can't judge everybody through certain individuals' actions. That is about all I'm going to say on it. We're going to move on. Okay. I think that was quite a clear message to you. Yes, very clear. Nothing controversial? No. Straight to the point? Yes. Perfect. Okay. Um, so, let's talk about the man who's actually sitting behind us. Uh, yeah. Who I'm going to grab a word with later on. Oh. Now I'm in the front. <laughs> on the side now? Yep. Sugar Hill. Yep. Um, great to have your trainer in Morecambe. Bonding, spending time together, getting to know each other a little bit better and obviously training as well. Mm. Been good? Been good, yeah. He's been here, what, you've been here, Sugar, now two, over two weeks. For two weeks. Yeah. I'm on vacation. Over two weeks on vacation. He loves Morecambe. We've been training, strength conditioning, boxing, golfing, um, sightseeing. He loves the beach. Loves. He's obsessed with Morecambe Bay. The way it comes in and out twice a day. Um, yeah, it's been really good. You know, working on some stuff, tightening up some things, and you know, we only had seven weeks to train for that Wilder fight. So, getting plenty of air working together. And like, I'm not on a weight loss camp and. I've said that for the last few years now, since I made the comeback. I've hovered around the weight that I need to fight at, so it's more like working on technical stuff and just tightening up and polishing up certain things. Um, that's it, really. Are you two, as you're spending more time with each other, learning about each other, not just you? I don't think you're... we know each other. Like we're, we're very similar, me and Chug. We're like twins, the Danny DeVito and Schwarzenegger twins. Who's who? I disagree, I'm sorry. I'm Danny DeVito and he's Arnold. Fair enough. Um, pretty, we've got pretty similar mentality, to be fair. That's why we get on so good. Yeah, refreshing, actually. And we're from two different parts of the world and two different cultured backgrounds, but we go together like sugar and spice. Literally. Literally. I'm spice and that's sugar. <laughs> um, so he's over here for a, a period of time um, yeah. and then whenever your situation regarding your fight date is confirmed yeah. you're assuming at some point go and pick it back up with him yeah uh, well we're out here for a few weeks uh, four or five weeks a couple of fortnights isn't it Shug? two fortnights yeah yeah we're just going to knock it out real quick sorry there we go. Yeah. Uh, well, he's out here for two fortnights and a little bit of change. And then we'll, hopefully we'll have an official date by then. Some really big news coming soon, some positive news, which I can't break just yet. But it's very positive and we're all happy and in good spirits about it. Just need a little confirmation from our guys over at MTK Global, over at um, 
Coinsbury and over at top rank they're just crossing the T's and dotting the I's at the moment and we'll have some big fight news coming soon and then we're gonna when that news has broke I think we've got I'm not gonna say how many weeks we've got because I'd give it away but we've got plenty of time so then we're gonna train over here for a bit and then go back to the US the good old home of the Gypsy King Las Vegas and pick up uh, fight camp so this date that's been touted about for you for quite some time now, the 19th of December, Las Vegas, yeah. is not concrete and that's not necessarily the case. Not yet. We're still crossing the T's and dotting the I's. We should have some more information next week, like announcement. And the possibility doesn't... Towards the end of September, I'd say. Okay. And also a possibility it's not even in America. Possibility, yeah. Okay. Do you know when... <laughs> Frank was talking about this recently, about if Wilder wasn't ready, that you're still going to fight in December regardless. Yeah. But as far as you're concerned, it is Wilder that you're fighting this year. Hopefully, yeah. Okay. I want to fight no matter who it is. I ain't sharpening this deal for nothing. We're working on tightening stuff, and I want to knock some beep-beep out cold this time. So whether it's Wilder, whoever it is, Wilder's the one who's contracted to fight me, so I think it will be Wilder. But if it's not, then we'll just take whoever. I don't really care whoever's, whoever's there. Um, get a fight in and move on to the next one. For what reason, to your understanding, might it not be Wilder? Or could it not be Wilder? Well, there's no, I've never heard of anything that it's not going to be Wilder. Nothing at all. But... For whatever reason, it's not Wilder, whether he's not ready or he's injured or whatever it is. Not that I'm, I'm saying he is, because I don't know. But all I know is that I spoke to Shelley Finkel on the phone, and Shelley said, we're on, we're all good. So, yeah, I just have to take them for the word, because they haven't let me down yet. So, well, I've got no reason to disbelieve them. Hmm. Let me uh, bring Mr. Hill in. I'm not low enough now. No, it's like an awkward... I stand, I'm too tall. Is there a chair behind there, Shug? Yeah. I'm sitting on the end table. But because you're all crouched uh, down, it's like a weird... We could try and get it in like that. Behind? I'm just taller than you, that's all. It's no problem. Um, how's the Malcolm experience been for you? I've been enjoying myself in Malcolm. Um, it's, a, it's a small community, so a lot of people know each other, and I feel like I know people now from being here, driving up and down the same road every day. And, uh, yeah, it's nice, it's quiet. Uh, as uh, it was told, I'm obsessed with the Bay. I'm uh, trying to do some research and bring some light to uh, some of the people here in Markham about the Bay who don't know about the Bay. So I can have more information. I can feel like this is, you know, home as well. Is it somewhere where you'd ever consider moving to? No. <laughs> uh, I, um, you know, I'm from Detroit. I travel a lot, so I enjoy going to different places, traveling, seeing new people. Um, definitely want to come back. I, I would come back maybe like once a year, but I wouldn't move here. Um, There's no point. You can come and live here whenever you want. This is home. This is one this of is a second here. home for you, so be pointless buying something here. The seven weeks that Tyson was talking about that you spent into the, the last camp for the Wilder fight, you showed what you could do in that amount of time. So you two actually having full camps together is very promising. Uh, yeah, right now, like, I mean, we're, uh, we're working together right now on vacation. Just, uh, you know, having fun. Um, he's getting, you know, strengthening. I'm strengthening. Uh, I have some weak points myself that I need to work on to make me better. And, uh, you know, both of us, you know, being better and getting better together just makes things 
better. You know, something like that. Yeah, we get that, we get that. <laughs> Isn't it refreshing to hear the trainer saying he's got some weak points and he needs to work on some stuff to get better so he can make me better? Yeah, when you're talking you about yourself. You never hear that, do you? You ever hear a trainer say that before? Being critical of themselves. Yeah. Not but really. I can't let him outdo me because that's just how I am. Being I've honest. never heard anyone say that before, so refreshing to hear. Yeah, you're being honest, basically. Yeah, I'm being honest. I'm competitive. Honesty's always the key. In your head, are you training in for Deontay Wilder solely? No, absolutely, 100% no. I train Tyson Fury just to be the best. And uh, whoever he has uh, as, a, as, a, as an opponent, then, you know, I'm just training him to be a more complete fighter, you know. And it um, doesn't matter who's out there and who he's in front of, he'll be able to handle anybody. What didn't you like about his performance? What were the negatives of his performance against Wilder? Uh, there was no negatives. Biggest, no, no, no. I, I, well, that's how you feel. I didn't ask you the question, I asked him the question. My biggest negative is that it wasn't the second round. That was it. Nothing, nothing special, nothing to be mad about, you know, but yeah. No, I'm just joking about that. But I was expecting the second round. Um, that's what we said and that's what we are trained for. We almost got him third. Time. So, uh... The seventh round was even better because that was uh, that's Emmanuel's birthday, seven seven. So it made it it made the two, the second round disappear, and uh, you know the seventh round even more special. So all right, not necessarily negatives, but there wasn't anything in the performance that you believe that still needed working on. Uh, well, everything still needs work. Um, this is something that we just started, and something that he has to get more familiar with, more used to, just like you know, just like walking. Um, I'm trying to make Tyson the things that he's doing now and learning to be just like, you know, walking, just not thinking, just reacting. It should be normal to him. Uh, for a man his size, with his ability, his speed, his power, put all that together. Oh, man. You know, I remember, obviously, the lead up to the fight, everyone, you pretty much told everyone what you were going to do. And everyone thought it was just a... Uh, Mirage. Yeah, like Tyson, maybe being Tyson, if you like, if that makes sense. He's a liar. Just, yeah. well, I'm not saying he's a liar, I'm just saying it's like a, a bluff or a double bluff, we don't know, but we just kind of took it with a pinch of salt. We didn't actually realise, apart from what you're saying, the second round thing, pretty much everything he did, he said he was going to do. And everything you said he was going to do, he did. That's fair. Yeah. Why lie about it? Why lie about it? If you train and prepare for it, uh, you know, the person in front of you has to be able to stop you. Fair point. So maybe next time they'll believe what's being said. And that's when you'll do the opposite. Why? Just be better, continue to be better. How do you think he approaches the fight Wilder this time, in your opinion? Uh, the way I feel he would approach it would be many different ways. I have to go through, in my head, I have to go through every way possible. I have to think like, I'm training Wilder, and what would I do to make Wilder beat Tyson? So there's so many things that I would go through just to cover everything. So it's not just one thing I would say. Uh, when, well, like when I train Tyson, we don't just train for, for one thing. You train for four, five, six different things. You never know what's gonna happen in that fight. Let's say he gets injured, then how does he, how does he continue to fight if he's injured? You need to have a more than one plan. Mm. That's kind of like stupid. Cop. 
Silas, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so let me ask you about this. One of um, Wilder's sparring partners, Junior Far, come out recently and said that Wilder had this bicep injury uh, prior to your fight. Doesn't know the extent of it, but it seems a bit weird that that story came out only about a month ago uh, from the sparring partner. Did you read that? Did you see that? Yeah, I've seen it. What did you think of it? Not, not a lot, to be fair. I had a bicep injury going, and it wasn't, uh, it wasn't uh, uncommon knowledge. I had uh, straps on me on me bicep going in. I had a strap on here and here in most of the sparring sessions. I, I had a torn bicep going into that fight myself, but it is what it is. You're not going to pull out of that level, are you? You know, with uh, a few days to go. You man up and get on with it, and we both did. See, I spoke to Ricky Hatton only a couple of days ago, and he said that if Wilder was actually injured, I'm not saying he was or wasn't, I'm saying if he was actually injured, he should have pulled out the fight because it was a fight of that magnitude. Yeah, but you know, when you're in fight mode and everything's going on, you get you're always going to be injured. You're never going to go for a full training camp and not have niggling injuries. I've been in this game for years; it's made me an animal. <laughs> which which bicep was injured if I may ask because I don't read it that much do you know what I'm not actually sure it couldn't honest. have been his right bicep because all he needs is you know the, the thing that everyone's pushing is that you only need one shot the right hand two seconds is it they need 12 rounds they need two seconds or one second but no going into these fights if you're training hard like in any other sport you have some kind of injury you're not training really you're going to have some injury but it has to be an injury that would prevent you from performing. So, if it's a, a an irritated or a, so you know something wrong uh, injury, it's it's not an injury to, to take you out of the fight. There are some injuries that do take you out of the fight, but massive cuts in training. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it all just depends on the injury. Um, that's about it. I mean. You look at all the sports players, which especially I got to be funny, but uh, football, soccer. Those guys fall down like they're about to die, and then they just jump right back up and start playing again. Some do. Most do. Some do. Soccer. <laughs> Football, yeah. Um, just come back down here. Yeah, shake it off. Shake it off, keep on rolling. Just soldier on. Yeah. If it's a big war out there, you're gonna just sit, the, the injured guy's just gonna sit out with just a little, like a little ankle sprain or something, paper cut. I'm injured every time I go into training camp. You've been injured today, to be fair. You saw you? me working on myself, yeah, right? I'm trying I've to seen. rehabilitate myself. I've seen therapy. That. It's bad. I never felt like this before. But, you know, I'm not going to cry about it. I mean, Which one's that? That's yours. No, that's not mine. It's mine. Let's see who that is. You eat. I'm just doing an interview with Coogan. You're live on camera, IFL TV. Say hello, Yui. Hello. Uh, see me call back when you get done, yeah? Yeah. That was a special hello. Come on. <laughs> um, on your Instagram the other day, you posted a picture of Anthony Joshua, uh, who posted a video of him hitting some pads. Yes. Um, reason for that? I just thought it was looked very powerful and he was knocking the trainer all over, so I thought I'd post it. What did I put? Like, oh my God, the power, or... I can't remember what I put, but it was positive. 
I thought it was a good uh, right up. I got left hook, like really powerful. So I uh, posted it. I also put one of Andy Ruiz as well, putting a good combo together. Head, body, head, bam, bam, bam. Looked good, so. And I put one of Deontay Wilder up. Just a picture of Wilder, though. Yeah, was, wasn't it? looking in good shape, so. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, a, I'm in boxing. I'm a fan of boxing, so if I see some good stuff, I'll post it. A cynical person would say that you were being sarcastic with your posts, but no. Look at the look at the pad work. Look at this good stuff. It was like standing, bam, bam, letting good shots go. AJ was and Ruiz was doing the same. I don't know if you saw the videos. They were letting some really good combinations go. So, for post them. For the record, I opposed to him posting those, making those posts because, you know, I don't want him, you know, trying to. You know, uh, or he wants to, you know, he's, if he sees something good, he likes it. But I was just like, don't do it, you know. You're going to build these guys' confidence up even more. Yeah, exactly. But I'm one of them people. If I see something good, I just want to promote it or say something good about it. I don't, just even though the rivals or whatever are future opponents, yeah, I don't need to just slag them be, off all the time. Yeah, Tyson, but these are guys that you're going to be, you know, fighting. fighting yeah. And you're helping them out. <laughs> I think, I think... Just some That's the difference, though, isn't it? That's what makes me unique. After uh, Dillian White's defeat, I think everyone was probably expecting your response to be different to what it was. Yeah, exactly, but why? Like, what did they want me to do? Laugh at the guy because he got beat. You know, I, don't, I want them all to win because it's, it just makes bigger fights for me and better fights for me if they all keep winning. So, yeah, I was unhappy that Povetkin got to... Uh, be victorious because I think the Dylan White fight would be a much bigger fight for me than Povetkin because people know that I can beat Povetkin with one hand tied behind my back but people were half convinced that Dylan White could give me a run for my money so that was why I was rooting for Dylan White and when I saw him got beat for poor old fella really it's boxing it's heavyweight boxing it can happen to anybody it happens to the best of us I've seen Asim Rackman knock Lennox Lewis spark out yeah I saw that too yeah, when I was 11 years old in 2001. What was your assessment of how they, those two rounds in particular unfolded, four and five? When you were watching four, were you like everyone else expecting him to kind of, at any moment, finish the job? Listen, Povetkin is a tough old war horse and he's been through the mill and back and he's always dangerous. He's got a good punch and he's got one of the best left hooks in the business. Um, so you've got to be careful, but you've got to jump. When you got an opponent hurt, jump on him quicker. But the bell ran out, didn't it? It wasn't really his fault. So yeah, he, he obviously went in to get him out of there and bang, got caught. Which happens because even a wounded animal, we've seen like Nigel Benny was at his um, most dangerous when he was injured or when he was hurt on the way out and he'd clap him and it'd be over. So it happens, it happens in heavyweight boxing. You can be a mile ahead in boxing and bam. As you see me against Deontay Wilder, pretty much the same. It happens, it's boxing, and heavyweight boxing, you're one punch away from disaster, or one punch away from glory, either or. So that's why you've got to uh, protect yourself at all times, and um, keep focused, never take your eye off the ball. But from what I was watching and being experienced in boxing, Dylan White didn't do anything wrong, he just got caught, that was it. One of them shots. The rematch has been announced for November 21st, that will be before you have your fight. I'm assuming. Um, 
what needs to happen for him to make sure that doesn't happen again or can you not really train for something like that? We can't, can you? How are you going to train for anything like that? Mm. You know, It's boxing, you're going to get hit. It's like going in a shower and not getting wet. How can you guarantee you're not going to get caught with any punches? It's going to happen. But my personal opinion, not that it means a lot, not that they should listen to me, but from my experience in being in boxing my whole life and studying it and being around it a lot, too soon for a rematch after getting knocked unconscious spark out to take a fight a few weeks later I don't think it's enough time to recover from a damaging knockout like that but then again what do I know so what, what's his other option then to do lose that kind of because if he wins it he kind of puts himself back into the contention he was beforehand excuse me a minute Sugar Hill take over it's alright Keep that camera rolling. Well, one sec, let me pan up. You could just pick up from that question, really. If he doesn't take the immediate Hello? rematch, is what he's suggesting he shouldn't do, it's too soon. Yeah, no what does he do? Uh, realistically, he should rest. The uh, real suffering, a, uh, suffering an injury like that, Come down, uh, down, which is an injury, it's an injury to the brain. The brain needs to heal. So you get some fighters to jump back in the ring too soon and they'll never be the same again. Uh, it's, the brain is a delicate, you know, it's very delicate. So you, you need to take care of it. And, uh, you know, for boxing, if you're in a fight, you know, people get knocked out and they continue to fight and don't remember the fight. That's happened before. And, uh, but, you know, it's, uh, you know, it, it does damage. Um, and for that fight, which was Dillian White and Povetkin, I mean, that was a big knockout. And to go back into a rematch so soon, that brain needs to heal. You know, physically he's ready to fight again, but the brain is what controls the body. Mm. But isn't it like um, the the manner of the defeat as well? That attitude to I need to get back in this right away. Yeah, but some. I mean, the way I feel, somebody should just step up and say, "Hey, it's too soon." Whether well, the fighter, he's going to want to fight. Period. But somebody needs to step up and just say, hey, it's too soon. That's just my personal... Do you feel it's too soon for him as well? He said he should have a rest. Yeah, I do, but it's... Um, it's their call. Rush, rush, rush. Yeah. It's not up to us, is it? But what can you do? What do you think happens in the rematch? You should be honest. Uh, heavyweights. Heavyweights again. It can go either way. He can catch Pavek and finish the fight. They never have to worry about that, that uh, injury that he just... Uh, brain injury that he just suffered. So you don't, you're not picking anyone specifically, it could, it literally could Could be go either, either way, couldn't it? Definitely. But I think you're more susceptible to being knocked out again after you've just been knocked out four or five weeks earlier. How long is it in between the two fights? Eight well, weeks or something? That was eight, uh, August the 23rd, November the 21st, three months. It's not long enough. So how long is, is a suspension anyway, first of all? I don't even I mean... 30 days on it, after a knockout loss. But like that, it depends on how long you're knocked out. They usually time it. If it's something like that, it should be a longer suspension time. You might get a 60 day suspension, I don't know. 90 days, I don't know. I was just saying to Sugar though, that mentality of that happening, something as devastating as that, but the attitude of wanting to just jump straight back in and trying to erase that defeat as quick as possible. You, wouldn't you have that same mentality? No, I wouldn't. Because I would think I've just been knocked dead as a nail, nearly. I did. I got knocked as dead as a nail. Probably worse a knockout than that, but I got back up and finished the fight and won the fight. I never got it, but 
I had six months out in between and I came back, I was fine. But if I had a box two, three months later, then maybe I wouldn't have been fine. My mentality is health first, boxing second. You can't help losing or winning. It's one of them things. You get caught, you get caught. But I fought the 1st of December 2018 and then I had a bad knockdown and heavy blows to the head so i then boxed again on june 15th 2019 so how long's that seven and seven a half months, months. Yes. over seven months yeah yeah so i had seven months out and in between that time i wasn't doing any sparring to the head nothing so yeah i'm all about safety first and if he gets caught again like that knocked out again that's how brain injuries occur well then again it's up to them and I'm sure they get past medically fit and whatever else yeah. if he had any problems the brain's going to show it wouldn't it if he's going to have an MRI scan or whatever I don't know um, just moving on from there uh, I saw some comments in your interview with Michelle that you believe that AJ should va just vacate that WBO belt well at the minute he's fighting um Pulev. Pulev. And I'm fighting Wilder, so it's none of my business what they do. But rather than having two mandatory defences back to back, and in a one fight that nobody really cares about, or fight the biggest fight in boxing history, so to say. British biggest British fight in boxing history, I'd say. Um, not world boxing history. But yeah, to fight a massive fight or fight a fight that nobody really cares about. It's not rocket science. How much is that whole being undisputed? To all, me, all the belts. You, you've held the belts. I've got them all. Everyone there. Right. So that doesn't mean anything to you to have them all at the same time. No, nothing. All that means is more mandatories and more dictation. And I don't like being dictated to by nobody. So it is what it is. I've got every belt there and more. Even the undisputed champion hasn't got as many belts as that. Because I've won belts along the way that can't be won. Can be won, but don't come with uh, all the undisputed crack. It doesn't mean anything to me. Maybe it means, maybe it's just a selling point, is it? I don't know. Is what? it a selling point or is it legacy or is it what? Well, Hearn, what does it do? Hearn says in regards to Joshua, it's not necessarily about who it is. It's about him being undisputed as the main goal. There you go. Then. He said that on countless times. Yeah, so he's obviously not interested in the fight with Gypsy King, is he? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying. See, to me, I, the belts great to have, but when you've already got them or had them, it's like okay, if the fights can't be made because of the belts, put the belts over there and let's make you fight now. Mm. Go. That's what type of man I am. See, but to them, and if you didn't really want the fight then you make excuses about belts and sanctions and all that. But if you did want the fight, you just say, right, side, let's fight. Because regardless of the belts, even if we didn't have any belts, is it still not the biggest fight in world boxing? Of course. So what does a belt really mean? The, the belts are probably the icing on the cake. The icing on the cake, of course. Great. Right. Fantastic. But it wouldn't stop me from having the Anthony Joshua fight. Because... The belts don't say it or whatever. But to them, Eddie keeps saying it does. So I'm not really too sure where they're coming from. I'm not, I'm not sure if they can get more money through fighting somebody else. Hell no, they can't. And I'm not too sure if they can get 
if they take two or three people more, they won't still make the same money as fighting me. So it is what it is. The only reason why you won't want this fight is that you're not 100% confident in winning, which nobody ever could be. But you obviously don't fancy it. So it is what it is. Listen, we both could lose our next fight. So it's most very unimportant about talking about a fight in the future because it's something I never do anyway. I don't care about the other fights. The only fighter that means anything to me now, it's relevant to me, is Deontay Wilder, the most fearsome puncher in the history of boxing. You're right, because as much as we love to talk about him, boxing fans talk about him, you probably get asked in the street every day, but the reality is boxing showing us with Andy Ruiz, beating yeah, Joshua, course. even Dillian White losing the other day, that... All these plans that we so like to map out be, in our head. It could be Pulev versus Wilder for the Undisputed Heavyweight Championship. Well, it could be. Could be. It could so be. you never, never count your chickens before they hatch. And never put your eggs all in one basket. Because if you drop the basket, you're screwed, aren't you? So in this boxing, I've just got to love and cherish every moment that I'm active. Every defence I make a millennial championship. I've come up to seven defences a millennial championship. So I'm highly proud of that. And I'm um, really looking forward to the challenges. Bob Arum's convinced that Pulev beats Joshua anyway. There you go then. So I'm sure there'll be a rematch clause in there, if he does. And can he get lucky twice, or is he just a better fighter altogether? Won't know Do you see any slip-ups with Joshua in that fight, potentially? The heavyweight boxing, especially someone as big as they are, then either or could win. For sure. If Andy Ruiz can knock Joshua out, then definitely Pulev can. Pulev's a lot bigger guy and punches probably harder than Ruiz too. What was it um, Johnny Nelson did to upset you? When? That's just, again, from your some of your comments in Michelle Phelps' interview. You said towards Johnny Nelson. I said towards Johnny Nelson what? You said... Don't, I know what you said, don't come Oh, he just, he just said, oh, Joshua will beat him. Right. Basically, he just picked a side. Is there anything wrong in that? Um, yeah, when you're a presenter and you're a boxing pundit, you're not supposed to, you're supposed to be neutral, aren't you? But, you know, he's picked his fighter and he's made himself known, so that is what it is. I can't help that. It's his opinion. Okay. Everyone's entitled to their opinion, aren't they? Oh, no, of course. Yeah, no. I was just picking up one of the comments you made in that about it. I was like, oh, yeah. I was just having a laugh, really. Never judge a book by its cover. I don't care who they pick, really. It doesn't really matter. They've all picked against me along the way, sometime or the other. So, it doesn't really matter. It's all water under the bridge. It is what it is. Everyone's got off the favourites and people who they want to win. And, you know, people who pays the bills and whatever else. And It is what it is. I'm sure they've all picked against me in the past. I just keep proving people wrong, and it is what it is. If they beat me, they beat me. If they don't, they don't. What the hell? This is boxing, heavyweight boxing. There has to be a winner and there has to be a loser. There'll always be upsets and there'll always be favourites and not favourites and whatever. And for so long, I was always the underdog again. No matter who it was I was fighting, oh, Tyson will lose, Tyson will lose, Tyson will lose. And I think people are still waiting for me to lose, like 12 years later. And... Uh, fighting all the most dangerous fighters out there in their own backyards, and guess what, I still don't lose. We, we were just talking about this in the car, that in your fight with Klitschko in Dusseldorf, there was like three media from the UK there. Yeah. Then when you won, 
on in on the Monday in Bolton when you held a press conference, yeah. there was about two or three hundred there. Yeah. Like literally media from everywhere had turned up. But is that kind of just how boxing is in general? That they didn't obviously make they, the trip. They don't they don't expect you to do it, and if you do pull off a miracle then they all want a piece of the action. It's called everybody loves a winner until you lose and then you're a piece of shit who never was any good. You know how it is. Yeah. I'm sure Ajo knows what I'm talking about. Because um Without, I don't, I don't really want to say it, but without uh, being rude or whatever, giving you for instance, but like everybody was all like sucking up to him and he was the greatest thing since sliced bread and then all of a sudden he got beaten and he was, oh, he's a piece of shit to him, he's useless, he's this, he's that. And it's like, you're very fickle because yesterday was a hero, today's bullshit. Make your mind up. So it's just, it's, I think it's boxing in general, especially British sports. They love you today, hate you tomorrow, and it is what it is. It's what it is. It's boxing and sports. So, I think as a fighter and as a a man of sport and as someone like that, you just gotta enjoy the good times and enjoy your career because you're a long time retired and you gotta envy activity. And I'm sure in another ten years when I'm retired, then I will envy activity i'll envy these young guys who's coming up and and i'm no longer active and finished and and i'm just enjoying every day that i'm in training camp i'm here with sugar hill and we're having good laughs and this is all memories in the bank and life's about creating mem memories and i've created a lot of good memories in my boxing career whether it's been good bad or indifferent i've still had the experience of 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 joy and happiness and sadness and tears and everything else and it's been a hell of a roller coaster ride for me and i wouldn't change it and it's made me the person I am today. Mm. And today I've gone, I've gone from being the most hated person in sport to the most loved. Uh, I'm very thankful for it and very humbled by it. And it's been an experience of a lifetime. Not many people can ever say they've been a, a someone who people love to hate upon to be someone who people love to love. And I've had the experience of both, both, both um, characters. It's been a hell of a journey and I'm, I'm still really enjoying my life and enjoying my career while it's still here. Enjoying being active and fit and well, mentally well. Sports and achievements are one thing, but if you're not right mentally, then not, none of that other stuff will really mean anything to you. Mm. And if everyone in your family is not healthy and well and out of trouble, and again, all over accolade doesn't really mean much. Success, opportunity, achievement... All them things are all good when everything's going okay, when you're all running smooth. But when everything's not so okay, the latter don't really mean a lot, to be fair. And that's that's just the way it is. So anyone out there who's um, having a rough time or a good time or whatever, just enjoy the experience because tomorrow's going to be a whole different experience and a different day. And we're not promised tomorrow. This life is borrowed. That's for sure. We're all on borrowed time and eventually the sandal's going to run out of the bottle and it'll be our time to move over and say goodbye to this lovely planet that we know. And then we move on to different uh, greener pastures, hopefully. So a little bit of philosophy in there yeah, as well. We're going lot deep. Lot We're going sure. deep, I'm baby! I'm sitting here listening. I'm like, oh, yeah. a poet. <laughs> and, he a know it. and he does philosopher. The lot. The lot. Thanks. Um, Tyson, uh, Chizoran Usyk was announced for the 31st of October. Yeah. What is your opinion about that? That fight? You know I love Del Boy. Um, I, I don't, I don't even call himself Del Boy anymore, does he? Um, Derek War Chizora. It's Derek War now, isn't it? So shall I just call him War? 
But yeah, I absolutely love him. I love his um, the way he approaches everything. Love his just love him as a fighter and as a person. We've been for a lot together, and you know, anyone deserves success. It's my mate Derek Chisora, for sure. Um, he has all my support. I've been out and supported him a few times, watched him fight and stuff. So, you know, it's uh, it's good to see an old rival um, doing really well, and hopefully, Dallas are sort of like. He's having an Indian summer career because he's having the best of his career towards the end of it. And I think he's realised now he's training harder, he's in better shape and more physically, mentally and emotionally focused than he was 10 years ago. So, yeah, fair play to Derek. It's a tough fight for anybody. Alexander Usek is a, is a nightmare. He's a southpaw, six foot three, light guy mover. So he'd be a nightmare for the, the slickest of heavyweights. So it's, uh, I think Derek can do it. Um, I think heavyweight boxing again and again Usyk's never really fought a big heavyweight especially not a man the size of Derek although he's not the biggest tallest he's he's brutally strong and powerful and he is an 18 stone man rather than a 14 stone one um, it's definitely there for him to do and if he, if he can beat Usyk then he's guaranteed a world title fight so I'd, I've always said I'd love him to get a world title shot he deserves another one for sure hmm um yeah, October 31st has been announced for. Watch it. Watch my mate Delboy, Watch's aura, become mandatory for the WBO Championship of the World, with a bit of luck. Um, positive that Hearn and Warren are conversing in some form now? Yeah. it's uh, There's a lot of fights out there. Good British domestic fights, and even world-class fighters that they can match against each other. Why not match them? Why not give the fans that... The fights they want to see, all the, the light heavyweight division, middleweight divisions, heavyweights. There's some real 50-50 um, contests throughout the two stables, so, you know. A lot of business to be done, really. That's what it's about between them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's good that people, British promoters, are getting all together and going to give the fans the fights they want to see. Give themselves the good fights as well. If, if the promoters put good fights on, it's good for their legacy as well going forward. Yeah. And if they lose, the fighters lose, then they're obviously not good enough. So start promoting another one, you know, build them back up. Mm. Plenty of fights to go around. It's not like there's a shortage of fighters coming through. It's like you live on an island where there's 30 people and you've got three fighters out of the 30. You're trying to protect them in Cornwall. There's 70 million people in the United Kingdom. 7 billion around the world um, Jose Burton in action this week as well yep he uh, goes over to Latvia to try and get into the final of the golden contract, golden contract. I highly fancy him to beat this uh, Bolognics the Latvian guy um, I really fancy him he really deserves it if anybody deserves a shot at something big it's over he's been in this game since he's been about 7 years old um, way before me, way before I even started boxing off, he was boxing and, and doing his thing. And he just had a he had a slow start to his career. Then he had a, a good bit of success winning the British title. And from then on, he struggled getting fights. And then he had the loss to Bullioni. And then since then, he hasn't really got back into any big fights. So this will put him onto the big time, catapult him into some of those exciting um, light heavyweight contests. But I'm really looking forward to the Bolotniks fight him and Bolotniks. I think it'd be a good uh, good war because Bolotniks is a good come forward fighter. 
and he's only lost against cruiserweights undefeated as a light heavy I know if he's only had the one loss out of 25 or 6 fights so this should be a uh, good fight knockout I know it'll be a, an exciting fight because both fighters know what's on the line and they know what rewards lie ahead so it'll be a good one for MTK Global's um, golden contract and I believe you're even streaming it aren't you as well, well we on are FL TV. Well, I felt, yeah that's where so, you can watch that fight, yeah. Definitely, it'll be a good uh, good stream because it's it's free, in it? And people can watch it. It's 40 quid, actually. What? No, I'm joking, that's a joke. No, it's a free stream, as there all the LTK yeah. ones are. There you free. go. Free. And some of them, the fight nights have got on there are brilliant. So. Isn't it refreshing to get, like, good fights for free? Yeah. You know, you, we usually have to pay for this, don't we, all the time? Like, I know. 60 quid, 20 quid, whatever it is, I don't know, but it's uh, it's good to see... To see good fights and good bills being streamed live for free. No, absolutely. Doing a good job, Coogan. Keep it up. No, it's MTK, really. We're working with them to put these on, obviously, but they do they do the work. We yeah, we stream it, but they do all the work. So. Who films it? Uh, so, like, a, the company that comes in to specifically to do these streamed events. Yeah. I had one in Kazakhstan yesterday. Good, isn't it? Got one in Latvia, obviously, this week. So, yeah. It's good. Um, what have you made of Billy Joe Saunders' situation? Kind of just been waiting around for the majority this year for the Canelo fight. Should have had it in May. I was unlucky. He was only a week away, wasn't he, from having his big fight with Canelo. He was really looking on good, uh, good form and good spirits, and it was a few days away from getting that big fight, showing the world why he's the best super middleweight out there. And so that was derailed by COVID which he, no one could help that, so it wasn't Billy's fault or anybody's fault, but I know he's back in training, I spoke to him only a couple of days ago, he's getting in good shape and he's uh, ready for any super middleweight in the world, 168 um, is Billy's division, um, well 160 and 168, um, so anybody out there, I think they're looking to do the Callum Smith yeah, fight. Yeah, do you like that fight? Yeah, I like that fight, or what's the other one? There's that one, there's the Eubank fight maybe could happen. Which other ones um, is that? Andrade, possibly. That there, that's, that's dead in the water, Andrade, isn't it? Because that's been happening for the past four years. Mm. Well, that fight was being talked about in 2017. They're both for the same promoter. That should be the easiest one to make, shouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, Well, Callum Smith as well, they're all with Matchroom, aren't they? Yeah, so it's like, I don't know what's going on. But at the minute, I think we've just got to keep our fingers crossed for Billy because, again, another man who's put his life and soul into boxing and deserves to get some big title fights. You know, he, he's been a world champion at two different divisions, middle and super middle. Um, he's had a defense, he's had a couple of defences of both belts and different divisions. So now he needs a unification or a, or a big super fight, for sure. Or well, who's a light heavyweight champion at the moment? Light heavyweight in... I know you got Dimitri Bivol. Yeah. you got um, Artur Betibiev. Yeah. Who else? That's... Kovalev. It's Kovalev world. He can't be world champion. He just lost to Canelo, didn't he? No, because he fought Yard after that, didn't he? Or was it... Did he fight Canelo after Yard? Yeah. Oh, he did. Oh, yes. But Canelo's vacated, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. So who's sure. the WBO light heavyweight champion at the moment? Is it vacant? Don't know. Actually, don't know. Maybe that's an option. Maybe he could move up to light heavy and fight whoever that is. That'd be a third division. That'd be a, definitely a president set there, wouldn't it, for him? Or maybe even cruiserweight. 
Who's that cruiser? I don't know. And then drop down back to light <coughs> middle or something. Possibly, yeah. Could be dunk on it for sure. Uh, Mike Tyson, who people were talking about you having an, an exhibition, exhibition with, yeah. with, said the other day that he, he'd want to, after he fights Roy Jones, wants to fight Anthony Joshua. So what happened that with, with that with you? Just didn't happen? It just didn't happen. Nothing materialised. We had a deal on the table with ESPN um, for an exhibition fight. Have a little move around or whatever. But um, nothing ever happened. So then he's supposed to be fighting Roy Jones instead. But again, if Mike wants to do what Mike wants to do, he deserves it. Because he's put, it looks like he's putting training in. He looks like he's fit as the fiddle and in great shape. So who am I to say don't do it? And I, I've, I've supported this comeback trail for a long time. And I'll openly say if whoever wants to do what they want to do in their life, then... You should be just happy for them that they're uh, excited about the new chapter in life in Korea. Mm. But I did read an article yesterday from his trainer. His trainer said, look, he's better than he was a decade ago. Um, and he could beat Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua. Who said that? His trainer. Right. Her thoughts about that? What, what can I say? If he, if he can beat us, he can beat us. Fair play. To be honest, there's people in the street that believe that anyway. What can we do? We're just men. We're only men. We're only humans after all. Anyone can beat anybody. I'm sure they can. And it's heavyweight boxing. It is heavyweight boxing. For sure. Okay. You've got to go and do your second session soon. What time is it? Three o'clock we train. It's only 10 to 2. Um, just do me one thing. List me your top six in the world, in order. Heavyweights. Current. Active. I want to see if it's different from Sugar Hills as well. It's going to be the same. It's going to be the same? Twins. Twins. Let's go. For me, it would be obviously be myself. Oh, you're not including me? No, including yourself. Including me? Yeah. Wilder. I agree, those two. Me, Wilder, Joshua, um, Usek. Uh, you agree? Me, Wilder, Joshua. Me, Wilder, Joshua, Usek. And number five is a toss up between Dylan White and Pavekin. So either or. be five or six, right? Five there. and six, either or. Which yeah. one do you put? Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't do you put right. Pavetkin ahead of him because he's beating him? Or Obviously, you, you have to. So you put Pavetkin at five and Dylan White at six. And I'll put White at five and Pavetkin at six just to mix things up a bit. But then again, would I? Would, would, I wouldn't. Sorry, I'll have to retract. Myself, Wilder, Joshua, Usek, yeah. Pulev. Pulev number five. Pulev goes five. Yeah, Pulev will beat Dylan White and Pavetkin. Guarantee it. Okay. So that's five, and then them boys after that. I'm just taking my first, the first one. Okay. Would you? Where would you put Pulev? Five. After that. After yeah. Pavetkin and White. What do you think Pavetkin beats Pulev? 
Truthfully. Just have a weird box in there. Oh yeah, have you ate boxing? You've used box. that for about the 10 stars answers stars today, by the way. The fight style, yeah. I mean. Pulev, six foot four with a good jab and hasn't had a ton of mileage on the clock. And Povetkin's 40 years old. That's been in a million wars. Mm -hmm. I fancy Pulev fresher. I think he beat him. I think he beats Povetkin for sure. You've got experience too, do you? So. Top four in the UK, not including the ones that you're talking about. What, heavyweights? Yes, top four. I don't even know who's about today, like in the heavyweights at the moment. Well, you've got your Joyce's, your Dubois, etc. Oh, yeah. So I'd say... Um, Huey, Dave Allen. Dave. Top four, is it? Top four. Who's there? I'd say... I don't, not in any order. Go on. I'd say Joyce, uh, Dubois, mm. Chisora. Joyce, Dubois, Chisora, Huey... Who else is there? Saying it. I'll chuck Dave Allen in there, but. Or David Price. David Price. Because on any given night, big price he could knock any of them out. He's got to be in the top five. Mm, that's British, yeah, okay. So that's British. British, yeah. But and them, them, them again, all of them's been on world level and proved themselves. See, Joyce, uh, Chisora, Dubois, Yui, they they belong up there with the Perfectkins and the Whites and the Pulovs because mm. they've all mixed it with them, apart from obviously Joyce and Dubois. But I believe they're on that level. Yui's mm. had the good fight with Perfectkin, it was a close fight, and Pulev. Mm. Um, Chisora's fought and everybody. And Parker. And Parker. I forgot about Parker. Yeah. You know, any of them guys, listen, any of them, any of the fighters, in the top 15 in the world, yeah. apart from the top two or three, mm. can beat each other. And the ones that they can't beat, the three that they can't beat, the other ones, any given day, is me, Wilder and Usek. The rest of them can beat each other. That's true. The rest of them, on any given day, can beat each other. But the ones that they can't beat are us. They can't beat me, Wilder and Usek. Because on any given day, you put Usek, they'd be that much better. You put better. Joshua ahead of Usek. Yeah. But you're saying you don't put Joshua in that group of fighters no, you're talking no, about. No, because Joshua takes a punch to give one back. And in heavyweight boxing, that is not possible to do. So when you're trading that heavyweight boxing, when you go, rah, 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 you're liable to get one back over the top or under the middle. But Usek don't do that. Do you agree with that, Chuck? Mm -hmm. I know what Wilder does. Wilder just goes, bom, bom, see in a bit. Bang, bang, good night. Alexander Usek's a nightmare southpaw who boxes. I don't think he's the most strongest person in the world, but boxes them, gives them boxing I'm nightmares. Telling, I'm telling you, Yeah. And then me as well. I can do either the nightmare job or knock them out. So, and I'm not easy to hit, as we've seen over the 12 year of professional. But the rest of them, they all can beat each other. Like the number 15 would have a good shot of beating the number three, whether that may be, or four. Because there's not that much in the difference of them all. On any given day, Dylan White could beat Anthony Joshua, or but vice versa. Or Povetkin could beat Parker, or, or whatever. Or Parker could beat Joe Joyce, or any of these days, you could pick one out of a hat and say, all right, that guy would win. You know what I mean? 
There isn't a certain like, oh, he's definitely going to win because he's that much better. Okay. Have you got anything else you'd like to add before we finish? Tyson? Yeah, who do you think wins out of a fight with Alexander Usak or Anthony Joshua? Mm. Truthfully. Right now, right now? Yeah, like this Saturday. Don't know. Don't know. Because Usyk, Usyk, I like Usyk as a fighter because he can think. I like fighters that can think, so uh, that's a tough one. You know, he's smart, he's been there. He's, he's, he's got a lot of experience. Um, but if you had to pick one? You know, so me doing commentating, I wouldn't pick one. I would just give the goods and the bads of both. Exactly. And smile at the end, like this. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. It's my Jewish foreman. Um, so you can't pick one basically from that, or you. Nah. But what would be what would be the point? When the camera's off, yeah, we're gonna talk. We're gonna <laughs> talk, but nah, not a. Why would he pick one? Because that would eliminate himself in the future working one of them guys potentially. Necessarily. Of course it would. What? So if fight? Sugar Hill would have went on record saying, I think Wilder will beat Fury in LA, yeah? Do you think I'd have even bothered with him, training me? No. I never even thought about that. Yeah, but is that how it, it works? Of course it does. So you're saying, if we a boxing trainer or someone of a like Johnny Nelson's picked him, yeah? Yeah. He's automatically got negativity from me now because he's picked I, somebody else. I know, else. but does that mean that you wouldn't get interviewed by Johnny he he because of that reason he would but there'd be tension wouldn't there rather than that if he didn't pick anybody then there would be no tension would there but don't you want people to be honest like, I'm talking about the situation with you said that if previously you'd heard Sugar saying that Wilder would have beaten you you would not have worked with him no alright well you're I'm being so honest I'm so glad I never so. said it out loud <laughs> <laughs> yeah so there you go but you're being honest now as well I yeah it's a two way street so yeah but it would eliminate wouldn't it it's like these interviewers who slagged me off in the past, yeah? And they try and come and get interviews today. What happens to them? Yeah, but interviewers have no reason to slag you off. Like, if they have an opinion, that's one thing. But I've seen interviewers actually being negative towards you as a person. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. So, but if they didn't do that negativity towards me mm. as a person or as a fighter, then they would be just like everybody else getting the interviews that they want. But because they had their little moment of I am, then they don't get to interview me anymore. Just like the Sun, the Mail, BBC. Just like so many of these organisations, media outlets, who don't get to interview the Gypsy King anymore because they had their little spats of I am in the, in the past. Um, it's what it is. Okay, right, give me another tough question. Come on, you ask him it. This is better. That was a, that was a good throw-in from you. Yeah. <laughs> so you, should, you should ask him another one. I haven't got any more to ask, really. That's oh. it. Come on, Tyson. You've got to have another question for me. Yes, I have. I've got a request, though. Go on. Could you talk to him in the impression of Lennox Lewis? I mean, why would I talk in the impression of Lennox Lewis? And Lennox Lewis is his own man. That would be ridiculous. 
So, Lennox, how do you think I should approach this next fight with Deontay Wilder? You know, Tyson, you got to be careful. You've got to be careful going in there with another big man with such a stature as a Deontay Wilder. Um, he's going to be dangerous at any time, in any round, Tyson. You got to go out there and just take it to him and uh, get him out of there first. That's how you would have approached it. You know I would. I, I carried a big punch, you know, when I was boxing, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna work behind the jab, and I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to get him out of there. Good stuff. I'll take the advice, Lennox. Appreciate that. I think he's one of now done for Lennox. <laughs> he is, isn't it? He's now done. So if, you, if, oh, if you're out there and you need a stunt double, that's Lennox calling me. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Do you know what? No one ever be, is able to nail an impression of you. Do you know all the people that try and impersonate you? No one can get you. I've give never me, heard give anyone. Give me two days, I got him. No chance. Give it a go now. Mm -mm. Do your British accent, though. Oh, that good as ain't gold. I'm not going to present my stuff just yet. Do your British accent, though. What do you mean? Like you? All right, mate. How are you doing? What, mate? Are you doing? Yeah. What? I'd mix a little, ca a little cannon in there, eh? <laughs> Cockney, learn a bit of Cockney. You know yeah. what Cockney is? What, you mean the, the, how they talk over their skirting? <laughs> I don't know. No, Cockney. London, like London. Co Cockney rhyming slang. Okay, no, no. I mean, listen, I'm here on vacation. I'm learning as I go. Okay, look, we'll I take you your first one. What's that? It's a telly. No. This is the phone, yeah? In, in London, they call this the dog and bone. The dog and bone? Yeah, phone. Phone. Cockney dog rhyming slang. Yeah, Cock but you don't say dog and bone phone, you just say dog and bone. Pass me the dog and bone. There we go. Lad. <laughs> My boy. <laughs> Lad. Are you going to walk up the apple Sausage. and pears? Are you going to walk up the apple and pears? Not now. Stairs, yeah? I'm gonna go out to the bay and uh, you know get a bit of fresh air and uh, I'm gonna go to the pub later. Meet up with the boys, have a few pints, and get wasted! Yeah! <laughs> yeah! Yeah! <laughs> Who is that? Shannon. Huh? Dunno, Shannon. That was Tyson Fury. Oh, was it? Yeah. I don't want to get so dramatic with it, but it's like fun. It's like. <laughs> All right, okay. sorry, thank you. Let's Tyson, go. Yeah, Tyson Fury, Sugar Hill, thank you very much for your time today. Um, and yeah, it's still early. Two o'clock. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell, two o'clock. Okay. That early? And uh, yeah, appreciate your time, and we'll get some more interviews with the boys down at the gym, and then yeah, back to normality where I live. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the IFL TV podcast, sponsored by William Hill, in association with Lonsdale MTK Global. Sports Social Podcast Network.